Chapman University's The Panther. I'm Shannon Stanton, and this is The Panther Pod Blue Lights. Today, I talk with Chapman's Public Safety Chief, Randy Berba, about the blue light emergency system here on campus and ask students how they feel about the system and safety overall. Before we dive in, here's a brief history on the blue light system. For those who don't know, a blue light is a bright blue pillar with a light at the top placed around college campuses across the country. The idea is that due to their vibrant color, they stick out as a way to reach safety, where people can press a button on the pillar, which then informs public safety of that individual light's location and allows people to talk to an officer directly from the pillar itself. These lights were first installed in the late 1980s after the murder of a student at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and were seen as a way to enhance security on college campuses. Following this university, schools across the country also put up these lights. More recently, according to the U.S. Department of Justice's special report on campus law enforcement, 92% of four-year universities have a blue light phone system. With that in mind, let's take a look at how this system comes into play here at Chapman. Do you just want to start by introducing yourself and your position here at Chapman? Sure. Uh, Randy Burba, B-U-R-B-A. I'm the Chief of Public Safety. And for the blue light system here, could you just summarize like what it is and, and why Chapman started using that? Sure. I, I mean, I, Chapman's been using them since long before I got here. They're, they're kind of used across a lot of campuses. So they originally started out as what they just call emergency blue light phones or push button phones. Um, and essentially, they're, they're meant to give students, faculty or staff or anybody on campus direct access to help or assistance should they need it. So all the person has to do is, you know, find one of the blue lights and just push the button and it'll connect directly to our 24 hour dispatch center here at public safety. Uh, and that, that's what they originally designed for. And they still, they still operate that way as, as time has gone on and, and technology has increased, you know, they don't get used very often because almost everybody has a blue light emergency phone in their pocket, right? They have a cell phone and Android or something. And most people use that to text or call, you know, when they have an issue, but we still find that they're useful one because they're a good visual uh, deterrent. So if a criminal, for example, were to do something or attempt to do something on campus, they also know that if somebody pushes that button or it's activated, somebody's going to show up, right? So it, it does act as a, a visible type of deterrent um, in those cases. And also if someone was to get, you know, their, their phone stolen or their wallet or their purse or something like that were to happen and they didn't have their phone with them, it's another option to be able to, you know, get in contact with somebody right away. So we feel like they still serve, you know, a purpose, just probably not as much as they did initially because of technology and the advent of safety apps and cell phones and other things of that nature. Do you know about how many there are? Ooh, should have done my homework, huh? I think we, we, there's definitely at least 40. <laughs> there's probably more than 40. There's at least 40. Yeah, they're, they're quite uh, prevalent around the campuses, both campuses, you know, Rinker and, and Orange. Does public safety ever like advertise these to students or do you feel like it's more of a commonly known resource? Yeah, you, you feel like that particular one is more commonly known because it's visible, right? You, you walk around campus and you see them, um, you know, you see the blue light and it, it says, you know, push an emergency push button. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I know we list them on our website. You know, we, we do list some, some of our security systems and things that we have in place. Or when we give crime prevention talks, we mention them or we let parents in tours. They point them out during campus tours. So, you know, I do think we do a little bit of, of advertising or at least letting people know that's one of the layers of security that we have at Chapman. And I know earlier you mentioned that they're not used very often nowadays, but 
do you have any data or a rough idea on how many people use them? You know, I don't, I don't have the full numbers. I can just tell you anecdotally. I mean, I've been here 15 years. I, I can't even think of one or two times when, where they were used and, you know, someone actually used it and, and they needed assistance, they needed help. A lot of times they're actually false alarms by neighborhood kids or, you know, people riding skateboards or, you know, people just kind of goofing around. Uh, we definitely get a lot more activations and not even as many as those as we used to, but, you know, definitely there was more of those than, than actual uses. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like anything else. You know, if you have something that's to be used in an emergency, a, you hope it never has to be used because you don't want people to be in distress. But if it does need to be used, it's good that it was there, right? So the fact that we don't have a lot of activations, to me, doesn't really change the fact that it's still a, a good and important piece of, of safety to have on the campus. And can you walk me through like what would happen if a student did click the button? Sure. So as soon as they hit a button, it, it rings immediately into our dispatch center at 418 North Glacelle, where our public safety dispatch center is. And then a screen pops up and it says emergency phone and it gives the location. So if all a person was able to do is just push that and not talk, we would see that, that kind of like a 911 activation. We'd see the location and we'd dispatch officers there to investigate to see why or who or if anything's wrong or somebody's in distress or needs help. Um, assuming a person pushes it and can talk, then it's just basically a phone conversation. They just get connected directly with the public safety dispatch and they ask them, you know, uh, emergency phone operator, how can I help you? What, what is your distress or, or what do you need type of thing? It just it becomes then just a conversation about what services might be needed or rendered. And then going back to the assault on campus several weeks ago, I noticed that there's not much near the dorms of blue lights. Um, do you know why that is or if there's ever been thought going into adding more? Well, there, there are blue, you know, in parking structures, you know, so in the Jim Miller structure, there's blue lights. Uh, there are some blue lights throughout the dorms, but essentially if you're in the dorms, you know, you're, you're near your own telephone, your, your, your phone, right? You're walking from campus back to the dorms. There's blue lights along the way. There's one on campus and then you cross through into the dorms and there are a couple scattered throughout the dorms, but kind of the way that we look at, at installing blue lights is we try to almost what you would consider line of sight, right? So if you're walking around campus at somewhere, you can see a blue light phone. Um, usually once you're in your living space or back in the, the res life area, you know, again, there's a few there, uh, mostly in the structures or place where you might park your vehicle and have to walk to your, to your housing area. But once you're near the housing area, there's, yeah, there's not a whole lot there. Um, there are a few, like I said, but you know, if, if you walk, for example, students last year, you know, felt like the long walk down Palm, once the K was there, that, you know, once they left the, the corner of uh, Palm and Glacelle, you know, there wasn't a lot of visibility of a blue light phone, right? So we increased the safe walk. Um, we had some people walking out there. And then we actually did add a phone uh, on the corner of Marion Knott Studios. So, you know, there's actually one almost right on the corner uh, of Lemon and, and Palm, right? So that was the idea that, you know, if you left campus, you could see that one. And then you, once you get to that one, you can also, you know, see the one at the K or it'll get you to the K type of thing. So we do try to look at, at, at you know, having those at least visible where, you know, there might be areas of people might feel like it's a little out there. Like you're in a parking lot in the Cypress parking lot, for example, you're kind of far away from campus. So there's, there's one in all the parking lots for that reason. Again, there's one, you know, in the structures by the elevators for that reason, because you're kind of removed from a lot of activity and people. Whereas when you're in the, the dorm area, there's lots of hustle and bustle. There's a thousand people in line, you know, trying to get into sand due at dinner time, and, and, and there's just lots of people around. So it's not as remote or isolated 
And for the process of adding one, like the one outside Mary Not, did students bring that up and you work with students to devise a location? Or? You know, I, I can't, I, I do think it might've, yeah, SGA might've, might've brought it forward to us if I recall. And I said, we would take a look at, I think they brought up the fact that there just kind of wasn't anything on Palm. And now there's a lot of student activity and pedestrian activity on Palm. So what we looked at was let's increase, you know, our, our safe walk presence over there. I actually hired a couple of, um, people to just walk back and forth, you know, and do safe walks, you know, or if people call, you know, at Leatherby, we have safe walk. So that was one, one layer of doing it. But then I thought, you know, yes, let's, let's get a phone there. So there's a visible thing. If we can get one in that corridor, sometimes it's challenging because as you know, as Chapman, we're, we're basically surrounded by a residential neighborhood, right? So I, I can't throw one on somebody's house. It has to be something Chapman owns. Uh, and so looking for something on that quarter was a little challenging, um, but we were able to do it um, at Marion Knot, which is our property, and get it out as close to the corner as possible. Yeah, and then for other safety methods like SafeWalk, would you suggest to students using that or SafeRide other than like in addition to knowing where the lights are located? Yeah, of course. So security really is all about layering, right? There isn't one thing that's going to solve every security issue, right? The first layer is obviously yourself being aware of your surroundings, you know, keeping your doors locked. If you, if you leave your apartment, lock your door, right? To get back in, you need a card key and a pin code, right? So that's a level of security. So other people can't get into your space, right? And as you're walking around, download the personal safety app. The other thing I tell people is we have what we call a virtual escort. If, if our Panther Guardian safety app, you can set a timer that basically says, you know, I'm going to walk from here to X to Y, and it should take me five minutes. And you set a timer. And if you don't turn that timer off in five minutes, it immediately alerts our dispatch center with the GPS location of where you are. They can text or call and say, hey, your timer didn't get reset. Are you okay? If we don't get a response, then officers will go and try to find the person, you know, and let them know. And we, we've had a couple of instances where people do use that and they've just simply forgotten and, and they actually commented, wow, they actually did show up, <laughs> you know, and said, hey, are you okay? So, uh, or they text me and reminded me. So it does work, you know, um, and that's another layer. And then obviously, if, if, you know, having our number programmed into your phone or, or, you know, the one touch dialing for us would be another layer. And then of course the phones are the layer and then not walking at all. If you feel uncomfortable and, and even beyond using a safety timer, yeah, then taking advantage of safe walk, you know, asking someone to walk with you or calling and taking advantage of safe ride. Great, thank you so much for talking with me. You bet. Now, for some student opinions, we take to the piazza for this segment of Podcast Outdoors. Hi, I'm Cecily, and I am a sophomore business administration major. I'm Audrey Schubert. Um, my pronouns are she, her. I am a sophomore, and I'm a broadcast journalism and documentary major. Um, so my name is Daniel McGreevy, third year. My name is Vivian Ayers. My pronouns are she, her. My year is a sophomore, and I'm a broadcast journalism and documentary major. I do know what the blue lights are. Um, luckily, I haven't had like any experiences where I felt unsafe and I had to use it, um, mainly because I also like walk around with friends and make sure I'm like not alone. But I do go to um, late night cultural clubs, and so those happen around like nine. And so when it's at nighttime, I had to walk alone once and I was like a little anxious, but I think I don't, I didn't feel like I was in danger. I kind of just like look past them. Like I never, like if I was in a dangerous situation, I wouldn't think to use it. I would, if, I mean, I would probably just like call a friend depending on how like 
scary the situation was like if I was being followed or something I would probably just run faster like I wouldn't stop to <laughs> like press the emergency button because then but then they'll catch up with me or whatever yeah so I feel like every college tour like if you like see TikToks about college tours it's like everyone's like oh this is our blue light system a uniform officer will be here in 90 seconds when you like press the button or whatever so I don't think it's like a very unique thing that Chapman has I think it's better that they have it than don't um because if it helps one person, then sure, it was worth whatever money we spent on it. However, like right after the attack on Henley, I was walking like past campus and I looked at the one in front of Keck, like across from the dorms, um, and it was out of order. There was like a sign on it that you couldn't use. I was like, great. So if someone like ran across the street from the dorms because they were like being, you know, attacked, followed, whatever, and they like tried to like, oh, there's this blue pole, I'm gonna go press this button, it, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't help anything. Thanks to Chief Burbo for coming on today's episode and the students who shared their thoughts with us outdoors. Be sure to stay tuned by following at Panther Newspaper on Instagram and come back on Thursday to hear the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Panther Pod, and we'll see you next week.